The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Strange Familiars. Allison. Yes. How are you? Doing well. I have to say the curiosity continues about your storage hole. <laughs> I mean, it's not technically it's a storage hole. It's a, a hole that happens to currently be a storage area. <laughs> I feel like there's, there's, a, there's a subtle semantic difference there. So the request is if people wanted to see it, uh-huh. and I kind of just like, well, well you can't really see really down really a not, hole now, can you? It's really not you much happened to, to see. Alice. It, it looks like a... Barely visible circle in in the yard. I mean, you could see it depending yeah. on the angle, with a cinder block that plugs <laughs> up the hole in which you might break your ankle. If you're wondering if we're classy, the answer is yes. We've also used that cinder block in the past to have. <laughs> we used to have a. It was more than one Victorian pump organ. Like, oh yeah, up on cinder blocks yeah, in our basement. I was white trash Victorian. We had cinder. Yeah. we had pump, Victorian pump organs on up on blocks. <laughs> I forgot about that. That is our aesthetic, white trash Victorian. But someone asked, if we can't see the storage hole, can we see whatever dishes Allison had stored in there? So I well, here, okay, here's the little secret. I might take them out and sell them. <laughs> so they're they're still in there. Oh yeah, they're still in there currently. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. My thought was that we were going to fill it in, and I wanted it to be like a little treasure for somebody that came oh, later. In the future. Okay. Yeah. But right. I, in the same way that you might not know this, that any time we have done any kind of home repair where we're sealing something up permanently, or if there's like I've shoved stuff in there as a, as a little treat for people who are renovating in the future. Yeah, I wrote some serious notes in our old house, <laughs> Glen Rock. Underneath the ceiling, underneath, we, yeah, we we yeah laid new ceiling and we had to put new like like a subsurface mm-hmm. down first before we put the ceiling up and uh, you had arrows to each one of the neighbors and with like little commentary with commentary, <laughs> so. color commentary about funny little idiosyncrasies of our neighbors. Yeah, so I guess we could never move back to Glenrock <laughs> for many reasons. Nah, I like Glenrock. I'd move back to Glenrock. On tonight's show, this will be the first of two parts. Why, you ask? Why? Because I'm not done editing part two yet. You're bad. So I'm going to break this up into two sort of shorter shows, but it's going to be for everybody. Okay. And they're both going to drop in the next couple of days. It'll be this one and then either tomorrow or the next day, part two will drop. Oh, okay. And I'm going to be talking with Logan 
And in this first part, we talk about ghosts and this uh, minotaur creature his girlfriend saw and other entities and spirit contact and stuff like that. However, before we get to Logan, I would like to thank our patrons. Thank you, patrons. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your support. We could not make Strange Familiars without your help. If you like what we do and you'd like to get extra content besides, you can become a patron at Patreon. It's patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. All of our patrons get commercial-free versions of the weekly shows, as well as extra content every month. We do at least one exclusive episode for our patrons every month. Sometimes we do more than that. Again, if you want to sign up and check out the different tiers of support, you can go to patreon.com slash strangefamiliars. We also have a program on Apple Podcasts. It's called Patron of the Strange, and supporters there get the commercial-free weekly shows as well as the bonus extra content every month. And I'm once again, I'd like to thank all of our patrons everywhere. Remember for Strange Familiars merch, it's strangefamiliars.com slash merch. That's where you can see images of all of our T-shirts and mugs stickers and patches. You can click on that. It'll take you right to our Etsy shop where you can purchase those. And you know they're coming from us. It's the only place to get real Strange Familiars merchandise. All right, let's go ahead and get to the first part of my conversation with Logan. I'd like to welcome Logan to the show. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well. So it sounds like you have a variety of things to talk about. I'm excited to hear them. So when did this strange activity start for you? For me, it started when I was extremely little. I don't even remember it, my first experience, but... According to my grandma, when I lived at her house with, well, when my family lived with her, I guess I saw something in the basement one time. I was a little boy. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, I've just been in love with the paranormal. First, what really got me into it was The Nightmare Before Christmas, after I had that little experience when I was a kid. And then I watched The Nightmare Before Christmas, and then it was all downhill from there, I guess. <laughs> So what's the Rainy Day Horror Show? It is a podcast, well, my podcast, about basically anything horror-related. I mainly do, like, true crime, paranormal, urban legends. I did in the beginning do a little bit about UFOs and stuff like that, but that stuff is, like, really, really hard to research sometimes. So I kind of steer clear away from that, and I do, like, horror movie breakdowns, I do... Um, short Reddit horror stories that I read off, and I do creepy encounters that I find on Reddit from people. Cool. Cool. Where can people find that? You guys can find me basically on any podcast platform, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcasting from, I'm probably on there. All right. If you have any links you want me to put in the show notes, send them to me. Okay, I will. So... You can be as general or as specific as you want to be. Some people don't want to give away their location. That's perfectly understandable. But, uh, you know, about where was this happening and when? Like when, you know, when you're a kid, was it the time Nightmare Before Christmas came out in the theaters or, you know, was this after that? It was probably in 2000, around 2004. And I live in Lakeville, Minnesota. So it was, that's originally where it all started was. Okay. Right there. And so I moved out of Lakeville for up until I was 16. And then I moved, lived with my parents for a little bit. And then once I turned 21, I moved down to Atlanta and lived with my grandparents down there for two years. And then when I came back to Lakeville, that's when I got hit with this really, really weird and crazy experience that I still don't know how me and my girlfriend kind of made it through. Hmm. Well, is there some groundwork to lay before we get into that, or do you want to start with that one? 
Yeah, we can start with that. There's nothing really, I mean, I've had a few experiences before that, but it's nothing like too critical as this one. This one, this one's out there. Let us know what happened and what led up to it. So when I was living in Atlanta and I first started my podcast and everything, I was, you know, wanting to go out and experience more paranormal things because I've always been open to it. And once I moved back in January of 2023, so this last January, it's weird because this one's all fate driven. So before I moved up here, I wanted to go do paranormal investigation. When I said I would come up here, I was like, that's when I'm going to go on this whole spiritual journey. And that's exactly what happened. So I met my girlfriend off of Bumble and on Valentine's Day, we went to this Stone Arch Bridge in Minneapolis and we just kind of hung out. It was like a joke of like a last minute Valentine's Day kind of thing. And we went to Stone Arch Bridge and then we went to this trail that I used to walk around when I was, you know, in high school just to basically just mess around and do whatever out there because after 10 o'clock nobody was there and it was just this peaceful area where we could ride the walk and stuff like that so we go to this trail and right as we enter this trail it kind of goes it's a dirt parking lot and then it kind of goes down where well where you parked your car and then it kind of goes down a little bit of the hill at the beginning of the trail, then it goes up like a little mound and then it kind of levels off and you start walking. Well, as we were coming up on that little mound, me and my girlfriend, she's extremely clairvoyant and I'm just a little bit gifted. I'm not as gifted as her, but she she can communicate with spirits and she gets visions. She gets basically everything. And she sees this guy and he is just standing on the right side of the path if you're looking down it. And she's like, hey, Logan, do you see that man on the side of the path? I said, no, there is no man. And she's like, are you sure? And I said, yeah. And I flipped up my flashlight to show her. And she's like, okay, we have to go. I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, there is a man standing on the side of the path that does not want us here. And I was like, okay, we'll just, yeah, let's just, I'm spooked out. This is my first like real encounter with entity that like I'm at, like for me to be at like a sentient age to understand like how like creepy and scary this is. Mm -hmm. And so we turn around, go back to the car and I take her home, drop her off. And then I go back to my house and go to bed. When I wake up the next morning, I see just a bunch of text messages from her. And she said, I found the guy that I saw. And I was like, what do you mean? And she sends me this picture of the gentleman she saw. And I was like, that's really, really weird that he is on the Lakeville website. Like if you go to the Lakeville website and you type in Ritter Farm Park, because this is where it kind of takes place, he pops up because he used to own that land before it was by the town. And so I was like, well, that's weird. And she's like, yeah, it is. And I was like, should we investigate it a little bit more? And she's like, sure, let's do it. So she comes over and we go to the Lakeville library to see what's going, just to see if we could find anything on Ritter Farm Park. And we go there, they print us off a bunch of stuff. There's really no, like, they didn't have any death certificates or anything like that. So they just basically printed off what was online. And so we start reading it and we find out that his granddaughter, when she would go into the cellar of his house, she would feel like stuff, touch her, poker, like pull on her shoulder, stuff like that. Just normal, creepy ghost stuff. And as we're reading through this, we're like, this is really, really weird. So we're like, well, let's drive over to Ritter Farm because they have like this, you know how you go somewhere and they have like a little shack that has like all the trails and it's like people like working there and like if you have questions about the trail. Yeah, like a park office or something. Yeah. 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 That's basically what this was. And so we go to, it's like the exact same house. I think it was the exact same house 
that Carl and his family lived in. So we go up there because that's where all the information and everything is and the people to talk to. It was a Wednesday. We walk up to the door and it is completely abandoned. Like nothing has been in there for months. And we're like, this is a little bit sketchy. So we start walking back and get to my car and we just drive home, call it a night. And we're like, well, my girlfriend's off work on Thursday and Friday. And I said, well, we'll just go to the Dakota County Library, see if they have anything and try and figure this out. So Thursday comes and we go to the Dakota County Library and we're trying to figure it out. Just figure out what where we go to get this information. So we walk up to one of the librarians and she said, basically, we don't have anything like that here, but there might be something in our law section of this library. So she said, basically, go talk to her and see if you can figure anything out. I said, okay, cool. So went to the law section and there was nothing. Like she didn't even know. She's like, we don't have anything like that here. No death certificates, no birth dates, nothing. Then she said, what you could do is go to the National Honors Research Society in St. Paul, and they might have what you're looking for. That would be the best place to go and find this stuff out. And I'm like, okay, cool, thank you. So we walk out of the library, and we see this sign that says, like, Park and Rec Department. And me and my girlfriend, I said it to her, I was like, why don't we go see maybe if they have something on this? And it's maybe four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon. And when we get in there, they're basically all closed up. Nobody's there. And we're like, darn. And these two sheriffs, they're like, hey, what can we help you guys with? And we're like, oh, we just wanted to go see the park and rec people. And they're like, yeah, they just left maybe like 30, 40 minutes ago. And I was like, shoot. And she, and then the female officer, the female sheriff, she was like, what do you guys need? Like, what's going on? And I was like, well... Not to kind of be weird, but we've got this, we went on a paranormal investigation accidentally and we saw this guy who died on this, who we, well, obviously died on this park and we would like to just investigate, see how he died, stuff like that. And she's like, well, what you can do, because they don't have that here, go to this place in Hastings where you can look up the plot number and you can see all the deaths and everything about it. And I'm like, cool, thank you. So Friday comes around and we decide we're going to go to the National Honors Research Society in St. Paul. And when we get there, this is where it officially turns into like a full-on investigation, like ghost adventures. It was so trippy being in the middle of it while everything's going down. And we go in to the library there and we're saying hey we need to look up information about this family and about this guy and we just want to know as much about the property as we can and she's like okay cool let me go get some files for you and she's like what's his name and I said his name's Carl I don't remember his last name and she comes back with just a bunch of files and we find out that in some of these files, we couldn't find a death date or birth date. And on top of that, if you go onto the Lakeville website, you see that Carl and his wife had two daughters. So we only assumed that's just Carl, his wife, and his two daughters. That was it. Well, we find out that not only did he have two daughters, but he also had two sons, and one of them died we think, in World War II. And now we're like, this is kind of weird. Why were they like kind of lying? Not really lying, but being really short on the Lakeville website. And why does Carl and his wife not have a death date or birth date? And we went and asked the librarian this, and she said, well, since Lakeville was still being developed and was still a super small town. What they usually do with this kind of situation is they had to have done something so awful within the community 
that they wanted them erased from their like history or they weren't baptized and I'm like okay that's a little weird I don't think he was baptized. I'm going to say this right now just because it'll come up again later on why this area is so dark and demonic. So after that, we go back to my house and we just kind of hang out, ignore, don't really pay attention to it, just kind of forget about it because we're like, we'll just go to the trail and figure it out and like ask, maybe ask Carl some questions and see if he'll communicate back with us and stuff like that. So The next day rolls around, and before we go to the trail, I start doing some research. And I found out just from talking to my mom, looking on the internet, and watching or listening to other people in the community that I worked with, that I was able to trace suicides and natural deaths on that property for since I traced it back all the way to the 1980s, right? And I forgot to mention one part of the story about the plot number place because this is crucial. After we left the National Honor Society, we did go to the plot place. And when we looked at the plot number, we found that the farm was originally bought in 1890. And then it was sold to a man that I think his name was Gordy. I could be wrong, but I think it was Gordy. And then... Carl and his family bought it. Then after that, the Ritters bought it. And then after the Ritters died, the Lakeville town, they bought it. Now, nothing happened to the family that bought it in 1890. But Gordon and his wife, when they bought it in 1916, Gordon died of an aneurysm on the property. And then when Carl and his family bought it, He died on that property from, I think it was an aneurysm or it was heart failure. And then his wife also died on that property and I can't remember what it was. And then when the Ritters bought it, three out of the five Ritters that were on that like land owning sheet, I think is what it was. Three of them died either due to heart failure or a brain aneurysm. And now I'm kind of like, tripped out a little bit. I was like, why are so many people dying on this like property? And it's not, it used to be 420 acres of land. It was, it's huge. It runs all the way up and down the side of the highway. It is just massive. And then it was kind of bought and broken up and then the state kind of divided it up and stuff like that. So the south part is known as Ritter Farm Park, and then the north part where this story takes place is where a, basically it's just a horse trail. So me and my girlfriend decide to go to the trail, and we go there at night. It is like 10, 11 o'clock at night, and the park's closed, but you can still get in. There's no like gate that locks everything down, so you just walk through like this ranch-style fence and you're basically in there so we go to the same spot and carl is in the exact same spot and i'm like trying to ask him questions like what's going on like how'd you die here just the normal paranormal investigator questions and he's not saying a word and my girlfriend can read auras really well and she starts telling me like he has a red aura and he's really really angry at us like he does not want us here and then i kept asking questions and then she's like hey logan we have to go and i was like fine i'll be nice this one time this is probably the only time i'm this nice in the story and she was like okay cool and we're walking out and she starts getting extremely woozy because of all of the energy that carl was pushing onto her And she had to like stop and like kind of like take a breather because she told me she was almost on the verge of passing out. So we thankfully make it back to my car. But as we make it to my car, something pulls on my girlfriend's pant leg and we quick hop in the car because we're both kind of scared and we leave the park. And as we're driving out of this park, my girlfriend hears a voice come through to her saying, you'll be back. I know you'll be back. We leave the park and 
after we hear that, we start driving. And once we're out of the park, we're kind of down the road a little ways. And if you go, the, there's two ways to leave this kind of park. If you go to the left, you kind of go around a lake and then you just end up by a nursing home. And if you take a right, you go around the other side of the lake, but you end up near a mobile home park. And as we get around, we went right and we were about to pass the mobile home park. And we don't know what we saw. We don't know if it was a real person or if it was a shadow figure, but In the context that this situation happened, it was 11.30 at night. There was nothing open in this area this late. It all closes at 10. We see this dark figure on the driver's side that's walking towards me, towards the car. And I look at it. Well, first, my girlfriend grabs my arm. I just instinctively scream like a little girl and then I look up and I see it and I just take a quick right and I just go through the mobile home park because I was like, I am not driving next to that thing. And this is why I think it might have been a spirit just because it was wearing all black and if it is 1130 at night, you would think somebody would be wearing some sort of reflective gear and when I remember looking at it, there is no like separation of clothing. It's all just like kind of one big black silhouette. So that really tripped me out. And then as I make it through the mobile home park, I pull over into a church parking lot and I have an immediate panic attack from everything that just happened. So I'm freaking out a little bit. And I decided to go drop my girlfriend off. I was like, I'll go home and we'll go to the trail some other day. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So about a week or two goes by and we decided to go back to the trail and we went there, I think on a Friday night and we pull in and this time we do not leave our car because what we see, well, what she sees is probably the most, I'm thankful I didn't see it because it is, would be terrifying looking, but she sees this like seven foot creature it's like the best way i explain it is like it's a minotaur but the upper half is human so it just has like the lower half of a minotaur and she's like there's something standing right here in front of your car and i was like how far away is it she's like it's five feet away and i was like what does it want and she said, I don't know, but he's staring at us and I don't think he wants us here. And then I said, what does he look like? And she explained like kind of like a minotaur. And she said, he has black smoke coming out of his eyes. And I was like, well, no, thank you. We're going to leave. All right. So we, we leave and we decide to go as we left like well maybe he won't be at the south side of the park maybe we could go there and investigate there and see what's going on so we go there and this part of Ritter Farm Park is where like a lot of people take their like prom photos their homecoming photos it's a big place with a lot of scenery where a lot of high schoolers go and get like specific photos taken for school And so we go there and there's one trail that leads 
right as you get in, there's one trail that goes straight and there's one that goes left. Well, I was like, well, let's just go to the left. So we start going down the left-hand side of this park, of this trail, because she's my eyes and ears at this state in our paranormal investigation just because I cannot really, I'm not in tune enough yet. And so she is like, Logan, something's growling at us and it does not want us here. And I was like, well, let's just push on. All right. Let's just ignore it. It's just being annoying. And so we push on and then she tells me maybe like five, 10 yards later, she's like, there's a little girl screaming and asking for its mom. And I was like, that's kind of creepy. I don't know why a little girl would be screaming. Like I, when I looked at the records of like all the deaths that happened on this land, it never said anything about a little girl. So I'm trying to run through my head on what it like, try to back up that like, if it is paranormal, who could it have been? And I didn't see anything or I didn't like see anything online about it. And so I'm just thinking in my head, well, let's just keep pressing on and just keep moving. And we maybe make it five more yards down the path. My girlfriend dead stops. And as she was, as we were looking straight, it kind of looks like the only way I can really explain it is, you know how in like Southern states where it has like the weeping willows and it makes that perfect tunnel Mm -hmm. over a road. Well, it was doing that with like the trail and she stops and she's like, there is something down there. It is big. And it's just staring at us and not moving. And I was like, well, that probably answers our question on if that thing can come over here. And so I was like, well, let's just leave. So we left. So just to not to interrupt your flow, but just to be clear, other than the whatever that thing was on the road that made you turn off into the trailer park, you're not seeing these entities. She is correct she is yep this is she's my eyes and ears she sees basically everything at this point in our paranormal investigation Mm -hmm. but you did see the thing on the road i did see that yep so we leave the south side of that park and head home and once we get home she we hang out for a little bit then she drives off and goes home and then the next day i think it's the i have a bright idea to be like hey let's go to the north side where all of this, you know, stuff is happening and just see if we get anything during the day. And she's like, perfect idea, Logan, let's go do that. And so it's like maybe three o'clock in the afternoon and it's maybe around, because this investigation took probably around a month and it's maybe end of March, right when the snow is starting to melt in Minnesota. So we go to the park and it's just kind of, it's, a little muddy, but it's not too bad. It's a little wet, but it's not crazy. And we enter the park. And right as we enter the park and go over that little mound that I've been, that we, that she's been seeing Carl at, I look to the left and there is an old tree, like really old tree. It had no bark on it. It was just withering away. And at the middle of that tree trunk, there was a like, black charcoal circle and it was all filled in and i'm looking at this tree i was like that's kind of weird because one you can't camp here at all it's only a walking trail so i'm like that is that's weird and my i told pointed it out to my girlfriend and she's like yeah that is a little weird but i was like you know what let's just keep trucking on we'll we're coming back out this way we can look at that later and we make it maybe about 30 yards down the path that we're on and my girlfriend starts to hear women arguing men yelling women screaming men screaming just a bunch of like a huge fight is just breaking out and so she's telling me this and i was like i wonder what else we're gonna you know what else we're gonna find so we keep going and maybe about 50 yards after that we come across this couple it's an older couple probably maybe lower like low 50s probably around 53 and so we come across this couple guys in front well husbands in front wives in back and as we pass them 
the husband keeps going, but like 45 degrees behind my left shoulder, she dead stops and looks at us and says, don't go any further. And I'm like, I look at my girlfriend, like, what's going on? What are you talking about? She's like, well, there is a puddle up there, like around this bend over there. And just my husband stepped in it. It ruined our night. And just don't go any further. And I'm like, that's weird because like my intuition kicked in. I was like, there's no way she's real. Like something in my brain said, this is not this woman. Can't that's a a puddle? I mean, that's an odd, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's the same thing I was thinking. And it's just, I was like, she's not real. There's no way. There's no way. And I was like, well, me and my girlfriend said, okay, thank you for letting us know. We're just going to keep continuing. And she's like, no problem. So we kept going. And I like, I kind of slowed down so my girlfriend could catch up with me. And I was like, that was weird. And she said, yeah. And I was like, something in my brain was telling me that like this woman wasn't herself. Like this was an entity that just used her as a conduit to make sure we don't go any further. And she's like, I agree. And then my girlfriend said that when she, when the wife said that her husband stepped in a puddle and they kind of got all, all in the shoe or whatever, my girlfriend said, I looked at both of his feet. Neither one of them were wet. And I was like, that's really, really creepy. And we kept pressing on and we reached the bend where this alleged puddle was at. There was no puddle whatsoever. Huh? Yeah. And so we keep going and maybe like a hundred yards past where that bend was, my girlfriend steps in a puddle. Because in Minnesota, I don't know if you have the same issue, but you know how sometimes where it looks like there's pretty compact snow like ice and you can step on it and it won't break, but there's like secretly like a little river of water under it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. My girlfriend stepped in one of those and got her like whole foot up to her ankle soaked and it is still like 40, 50 degrees out. So it is still pretty cold outside and we're like, well, this just ruined it. So we'll head back and we just started walking back to that tree stump and on the way to that like little tree, my girlfriend's getting pushed. She's getting grabbed. She's getting trip just everything nasty is happening to her so we reach the tree stump and i go over i'm like i tell my girlfriend like hey i'm gonna go check it out real quick i'll be back and she's like okay just be safe and i was like i will don't worry about it i'm always safe it's okay so i trot over to the stump and i look at it and i'm like started to examine like the black circle on the middle of the trunk. I'm like, that is really, really weird because it is charcoal. And then I glanced down at the bottom and there is a pile of fresh charcoal that was, has maybe been there for two days. Like it is very, very recent and it's going halfway around the tree. And then under that black little hole, there was a carved out like hole into the tree so i'm like oh this is really really weird and then my girlfriend shouts at me she's like do not touch anything and then i just ran back to her like don't worry i didn't touch anything all this and that and we left and then we decided to come back later that night to confront that you know minotaur thing and this is where the story gets really really dark and really really bad because when we arrive at night I think it's a bright idea to communicate with it. And we don't really, well, when we first got there, before I communicated with it, we got out of the car, went to go see if we could figure out if Carl is willing to talk to us. And when we approached Carl this time, my girlfriend said that Carl said, what are you guys doing here? Like, you guys should not be here. Leave now. And I don't know if that was like a like hey i'm like kind of protecting you guys or if like a hey i do not want you here Mm -hmm. i don't know which one it was at the time but 
as we start walking back to my car to get in and just like, oh, that sucks and we'll just go home. Well, this minotaur was stalking us from behind the tree line and he was watching us and my girlfriend pointed it out. And so I was like, well, just keep an eye on it and let's just get to the car. And once we reached the car, he was in the parking lot basically waiting for us. We got in the car and I looked at my girlfriend and I said, I'm just going to talk to it briefly, okay? And she's like, fine, but don't do not do anything stupid. I was like, I won't. So I rolled down my window and I start talking to it. And I said, and I was like, what are you? Are you a demon? And he said, wouldn't you like to know? And I was like, are you the reason for all of the deaths and the suicides on this property? And he's like, I call them home. And there was a lot more that was going on and I'm trying to remember most of it. But at one point, he looked at my girlfriend and she told me that he said, it's time for you to come home. So now I'm thinking, because I do believe in reincarnation and I was thinking like, in a past life, were you like into black magic or like something? And she's like, I have no idea. And now I'm thinking about that. And then she looks out my window and sees this black figure that is, you know, like the um, old ranch style fences where it's like the top rail, the middle rail, and then it's just the bottom rail, but there's like no like panels in between the rails. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So it was like that in this entity was sitting on the middle rail swinging and just kicking its legs and then she said to me that the minotaur looked at her again and said he wants to play with you guys and now i'm kind of freaked out but i'm just sitting there like trying to relax and talk to my girlfriend and she was like at one point she said we need to go now because that thing that was that was sitting on the fence he's five feet from your car and i was like bye we're leaving you're not welcome to follow us home and we are getting out of here so we leave and then by the time i reach my house because i have a ouija board and i take these on all of my investigations i never used them but i just would always bring them with just to see if i could stir something up and i decided it was a great idea to be like hey gabby you want to go grab the ouija board and head back there and she just was like yeah that sounds perfect too so that's what we did we head back and we asked him for permission to use the ouija board and he said i am not responsible for whatever happens to you guys and i was like no thank you that is it and i was just then i said we're just trying to be respectful and then he looked at me according to my girlfriend and said you are the most disrespectful little that i've ever seen and i was like well, how come you're out here? And he said, because it's peaceful amongst you peasants. And up until that point, I used to just say peasants jokingly. That is one word that I now never say anymore because of this specific experience. And after basically talk to him a little bit more. And after that, I go home, girlfriend leaves and we don't go back there ever, never again. Haven't been back since. And it's specifically because I had that demon that was kicking its legs, I think, on that ranch-style fence. It attached to me. And I had to go through this whole ordeal of trying to get it unattached from me. Do you know who um, Vicky is from Born Awake Oracle? No, I do not. She does stuff in the podcast community she's a shaman psychic and she basically helped me to get rid of it and one night before i knew that it was attached to me we went to we did a little asylum before we get into that how did you know it was the same thing that was on the fence it's just a feeling it's strictly just a feeling because of how close it was to me Uh so we go to rochester minnesota to go to this old like run down asylum well it used to be an asylum but they then made it another park which i guess is a running theme that if you ever go to a park in minnesota it might just be something awful and terrible happened there so as 
we go to this park and it's maybe like four o'clock in the afternoon. We're there for a couple hours. We don't see any of the old asylum ruins. We just see the graveyard and we just got too tired and decided to call it a day and headed back home. Well, once we get back home, I put on the TV. My girlfriend was, I forgot what she was watching, but I passed out. And my closet door, she says when I was asleep that my closet door handle started to shake really, really bad. And so after that, I go and open the door and according to her, there was this thing that was sitting crouched on the top shelf in my closet. And at least because I know everybody's paranormal experiences are different. For me and my girlfriend, nine times out of 10, if it's crouched or kind of peeking at you, it doesn't want you to see it. So they're usually more evil and just, you don't want to really mess with them. You want to try and get them out of your house as soon as possible. Well, it hasn't, it never did anything until one night, like maybe a couple months after this situation, this would have probably been in August. I have a bunch of horror movie posters just wrapped around my room and one, it knocked over my Annabelle creation movie poster. And I was like, that's weird because I've never had a spirit like some, like my older, like not older, but like my great grandpa will come through and he'll sometimes communicate with us. Me and my girlfriend have these three little kids that will kind of hang around us and just, you know, mess with us, but nothing like nothing like evil and the kids never touched my movie posters and my great grandpa has never touched my movie poster either they all mess with my computer to let me know that they're here and they're in my presence is that how you would say it i guess so yeah and so i immediately called up one of my friends that's in the podcasting community and he put me in touch with vicky she basically said that i had a demon attached to me and that i need and it's not a good one it's a well I say good as in like on the lighter aspect. This one was a pretty nasty one. And she also said that there's a second one in your house, but you didn't bring that one here. That one came from somebody else in your family, somebody that argues a bunch. They brought it to your house and it just sought refuge, your basement. And she's doing all the spiritual walkthrough stuff to pinpoint where it's at and get a good reading. And she's just relaying it all back to me basically saying that the one in the basement is the worst one in the house. He's the one that likes to cause a lot of tension and a lot of fights and arguments and stuff like that. The one in your closet specifically attached to you. And I was like, how do I get rid of it? And she said, you need to do a spiritual bath for seven days. And then you need to do a sweetener bath after that for like another four. And for people that don't know what a spiritual bath is, from what she told me is you take like a cup of salt. I used a rose quartz and then you take like a teaspoon or a tablespoon of black pepper and then you take one full lemon and you squeeze it into the bathtub, say the Lord's prayer and then you hop in, you sit in there for between 10 and 20 minutes, no less than 10 and no more than 20. How to do that for seven days. And as I'm like over the course of the seven days, Every now and then I would hear three knocks on the window on the front door. I had a golden finch bird that kept running into the windows right next to the stairs. This is really interesting. I want to loop somebody in on this conversation. Do you mind if I do that? No, you're good. Go ahead. All right, like I said, part two with Logan will drop sometime in the next couple of days. I'll get it out there. Part two features Octavian. I brought Octavian on board to help me interview him. It he sounds was, like I'm, I'm imagining the light beams down and then he just gets sucked through a beam of light up into your orbit. Logan was talking about some things which I had heard Octavia discuss some very similar things. So I thought, hey, Octavian's probably the guy to bring in on this. So I brought Octavian in. He does the second part of the interview with me. That will be the next episode sometime in the next couple of days. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. 
very tiny shoe. Is that yours, Tim? No, I don't think this would fit me. Uh, is this a fairy boot, Allison? For the purposes of strange familiars, it is not only a fairy boot, but it's definitely haunted. <laughs> <laughs> now, this appears to be a baby shoe, perhaps? Yes. See, now this makes a good thing. Because it's strange familiars, you can yeah. do, he's like, where's the other shoe? Yeah, that's true. Where is the other shoe? Yeah, where's the other shoe? You can make up some creepy story. It could be a changeling thing. You could go like historical true crime route, you know, whichever way you want to go, depending on how dark you want to make it, you know. What's that thing about the, the the saddest lines in the English language or something? It's that poem. What is that? I should look these things up before I reference them. But um, baby shoes never worn. Oh, jeez. What is that? You're asking the wrong guy. I want to say it's, um, I'm going to look it up. Besides this inaccurate, the saddest line in the English language is Sasquatch never seen. Oh, it's attributed to Ernest Hemingway, although the link to him is unlikely. So what's the actual quote? It's a six word story and it's supposed to be the saddest short story ever written for sale, baby shoes never worn. Mm. Tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Thank, thanks for bringing the gloom there. <laughs> Well, this could be, a, you know, it could go in one's cabinet of curiosity. I think so. That's what I like it because it's old and Victorian and it's worn and it's leather and it was it was once very purposeful and it's a beautiful object in its own right. And they have little tiny buttons, which me as an overprotective mom would never have let near my children because what if they got it? Yeah, but the button came off. What if the button came off and they... Yeah, that's a choker. Yeah. But it is an actual, <laughs> like this would have been... What baby, what a, what a small child would have worn. In the 18, eight, what did you say, 1890s? Probably 1890s, turn of the century. It still has, I mean, for it's not in by any stretch in pristine condition, although I really like this, the way that the leather has sort of cracked and crazed over the years and has some distress. But it does have all four of its um, buttons. Mm-hmm. Would you need a little button hook to button? Which I probably have around here if I just looked. <laughs> Yeah, it's really cool too because the leather on the bottom has this mark which looks purposeful, which looks like a little, maybe like a leaf or something. So somebody definitely made their own little impression in the leather on the bottom. Oh, yeah, yeah. They probably had a little, so it's just little like, leather stamped. Yeah, a little yeah. leather stamp. So it's just this incredibly personal handmade thing that, you know, I don't know, it could be anything. It could be a wishful fertility object. object, which, I mean, I used to, when I was trying to have a baby and I couldn't, I was like, I was desperately um, superstitious, so <laughs> any hopeful thing like that I would try to use. So I don't know. I feel like I'm really bringing down the vibe here because no, it no, like, no, it's no, like no, a I cool was, little antique. Uh, I was telling Sierra, last week's guest, I was telling her that I have all these stories about the fertility clinic trips that I could actually never tell in Strange Familiar. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I have all these great stories about the fertility clinic years mm-hmm. that I can actually never tell. Mm-hmm. I said, but there, I, I do think there's some some funny stories and, and some good stories. But she's like, oh, you should tell them. I was like, eh, not on strange familiars. Like, yeah, no. it's, 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 it's not, I, I feel like it's one of those things that's like comedy for people that are going through something that might help them and probably yeah. doesn't have a lot of resonance otherwise. It's sort of there's like a, a little bit of that and a little bit of like, if I know you really well, I can yeah, tell you these stories. Because it's definitely you know, sort of like a gallows humor kind of thing because it's an incredibly sad and uh, time but mm-hmm. punctuate well, you, i mean with everything it has to be you have to punctuate it with humor yeah but now i feel like i want to go back to talking to i'm like let's stop talking about things that i remember that are sad and go back to the whole like maybe we could pivot <laughs> we could pivot back <laughs> to the, a whole series on the whole on the whole <laughs> like updates like with the weather <laughs> photos of it we can't see it now because it's covered in snow. Yeah, it's covered in the in the rare Pennsylvania even, So snow. even if I did get permission to go take a picture of, <laughs> of the backyard storage hole. My thought is that at this point, with like, our luck, what will happen is I'll move away. <laughs> I'll move away that concrete block and a rabid, some sort of rabid animal will pop out of it. <laughs> Bite some you. sort of whack-a-mole that I can't. <laughs> Literally like a mole pops up his head. Yeah. With this baby shoe. Is going to be our curiosity of the week. Yes, and it's reasonably priced as one of a missing pair of terribly distressed 130-year-old shoes. Well, you're, you're unlikely to find the other one just sitting along the side of the highway. 
But not impossible. Unlikely, but not impossible. And as for how haunted it is, I've smelled it. It doesn't, it's probably fine. (laughs) (laughs) Is that your haunt detector? Do you detect hauntings by scent? It helps. Yeah. It helps. I mean, you certainly detect Bigfoot by scent. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Get some Dracar Noir. You know know how haunted things are about to get. It's going to be 1987. I will take a photo of this here. This here? This here toddler shoe, baby (laughs) shoe. Baby shoe, right? That's got to be a baby shoe. That's a baby shoe. Yeah, baby shoe. Yeah, I love the I love the fact that they make shoes for people who don't walk. Mm-hmm. It's like might as well get me a fancy pair of wings. <laughs> yeah, right. I will take a photo of this baby shoe. I will put that photo in the show notes, and then it, anybody can purchase it. Anybody can purchase it. If you click on that, it'll take you to our Etsy shop. You'll find that and other curiosities of the week. Those that are left, also in our Etsy shop. Copies of my books. You get them from us on Etsy. They come signed. Little heads up, I am down to under, I think there's about 12 copies of Apparitions, my art book left. That is not a print-on-demand thing. That was a, We actually have those printed up in mm-hmm. quantity. When that sells out, we're going to have to make a decision as to whether we're going to make more or not. Or we're make not, something new. Or make something, yeah, or make something new. We're not sure. So you might want to, you know, if you Want to make sure you about get one. It. Yeah, yeah. You might probably want to get apparitions sooner than later. I know John at Riverbend Comics has some as well. I will probably take at least two or three of the ones that are left and do remark versions with uh, sketches in them, little remarks and stuff. Those are going to be more expensive, obviously. So if you want one at the normal price, the the lower price, probably want to jump on that sooner than later. All of my other books are in stock right now. Also, that's a, uh, you got Strange Familiars t-shirts, you got Strange Familiars mugs, stickers and patches, artwork, prints and originals, including the original art for this episode. Allison has some antique photos up there, lots of other stuff. We got Flowered Path stuff, Flowered Path t-shirts, handmade paracord rosaries, a lot of stuff we make and produce here. If you support us on Etsy, it's another way to support the show and you get cool stuff. So it's a win-win for everybody. Our shop name is Lost Grave. But if you type in Strange Familiars, you should see our stuff come up. Speaking of shops, Columbia, Pennsylvania. It's now open. The State Theater Vintage Emporium. If you like Art Deco theaters turned into... Vintage slash antique shops. You will like this. I have to say, it looks really cool. Like, if I just walked in there and I saw that, and I didn't have anything to, like, I would just want to spend the day in there. <laughs> it opened last Saturday, right? Yep. They had quite a crowd. I saw some pictures. Yep, it looked very well attended. You've been doing some photo reproductions. From our collection. From our collection and framing them. I love those. The one you sold, I think we talked about it before, it was Medea. But you still have the tarot card reader up there. And the lady, and it's Gabriel Ray riding a, a broom backwards. Yeah, so kind of like a a witch riding a broom. Those are so cool. Unfortunately, they're so big that it wouldn't be practical to sell them on Etsy. So you kind of have to go in there to get them. Yeah, yeah, because they're done so they're pretty lightweight. They don't have glass on them, but they're done in a a way that I use it for exhibits where I work part-time. So it's done in a way that doesn't necessitate glass. It doesn't, yeah, so it doesn't need glass. I mean, they're not waterproof, and I wouldn't put them in your kitchen, but... Mm -hmm. But they're too big for us but, to, yeah, to really big. ship. So if you want, unfortunately, you have to go in there to get these things. Well, we should probably take some pictures of them, though, because they look really cool. They so do. Can see them. I really didn't want to sell that red one, but I really needed some. <laughs> We're definitely going to make more up. So Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a way to rationalize photo purchases and photo mm-hmm. purchases of the past. So Sure. So that's at the... State Theater Vintage Emporium. Emporium. And that's in Columbia, Pennsylvania, where we have Albert Twitch Day as well. And that's on Locust Street. It's one of the main drags there. Yep. It's one of the places where there's lots of other antique stores. There are a ton of other antique stores, all of which are good, which it's worth to just come and spend the day. There are, like, vintage clothing shops. There's a great shop called Obscure Relics that sells just... Yeah, she gets me with a lot of... Yeah, yeah. Lot of it's one of those ones where you're just like, don't tell anybody, but at the same time, she's so nice, I want to tell everybody. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> great job. Yeah. 
it's a fun way to spend the day and you're right by the river. Get something to eat. Sit oh, by yeah, those, they got great restaurants. Sit by the beautiful Susquehanna River. Columbia's awesome. Yep. Awesome place to go. But we also have a shop at Black Rose Antiques in Hanover. You can stop by there. A lot of glassware there. My books are there. My books are also in, at your place in Columbia, uh, State Theater Vintage Emporium. But my books are in Hanover. Chad's stuff is in Hanover. And axes and wool and stuff like that. We're spreading out. Spreading yep. out. We got to do north and south next. We've we've done east and west. Got Lancaster covered, yeah. sort yeah. of. I mean, at least the we're we're right over, right over the border into Lancaster, and not quite over the border into Adams yeah, County. Yeah, not quite so into Adams County. We're kind of. We have to go up to Harrisburg and then down to Maryland. All right, so people can check that out. Well, that's it for this episode. Stay tuned. Like I said, we'll have part two of my conversation with Logan very soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Strange Familiars is a production of Dark Holler Arts. Intro and background music is by Stone Breath. If you want to hear more or purchase music, you can go to stonebreath.bandcamp.com. We are on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Strange Familiars. The Strange Familiars Gathering Group is there as well. We're on Instagram, at Strange Familiars, one word. For Strange Familiars merch, it's strangefamiliars.com slash merch. And for everything else, strangefamiliars.com. And the words of the prophet hold true.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.